Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. Let me read that again. <clears throat> but no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment ye shall show to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is, is reproduced. This is a righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. Okay, as we read that portion of scripture right there, the Lord spoke that uh, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Not maybe it won't, but it says it will not prosper. But how in the world can uh, can this be? What can we do? How can we make this happen in our lives? How can we make it uh, workable in our lives? Well, when he tells us that, he says, first of all, no weapon shall prosper against you. So the first thing that we must realize is that's the word of God. That isn't uh, the word of some man, but that's what God is saying to his children, and especially in this hour of all hours. But all, it was always in effect since it was there. It was in effect since God put it there. But, you know, in this hour in particular, we need it more than ever. And I'll tell you something. Weapons, I, I'm seeing, uh, I deal with a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot of spiritual sons and people to deal with and minister to and everything. And I'm seeing so many weapons, so many different weapons from all angles come against God's children. And my wife and I were talking about that, uh, well, just today, and we've talked about it a number of times. We are sick and tired. I don't like those words, but sick and tired of this nonsense of the devil beating up on God's kids. We are. And that's why we're around. We want to we want to ease that pain and ease that burden through the power of God. We want God to use us to ease that burden and that pain. And he wants to use all his children that way, you see. But it's not what we're called to do, but it's something we all are called to do to get people free, saved, healed, delivered, and minister the needs to people. Now, God wants to use you in that. Because there's so much of it around. There's so much around. There's so many people that have weapons that have come against them like never before. Weapons. But you have to realize something about this because a lot of people have heard this many times. It's the scripture. But they don't really take it to heart because if you really take it to heart, you're saying no weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Now, what's a weapon? A weapon can be sickness by the devil, can be poverty, can be fear, uh, can be uh, uh, Satan trying to get you to be proudful. It can be lust. It can be pornography. It can be drugs, a, a, a temptation or whatever comes against you. But usually it's in a form of a, uh, of a thing that comes against you that uh, overtakes you. And, of course, of course, all these things can overtake you, but these are weapons that Satan brings against you. Now, it says they will not prosper. That's a pretty direct statement, isn't it? It says they will not prosper. 
we all have weapons come against us, and especially those that are seeing and doing more in the work for the Lord and are seeing more results and are more dangerous to Satan. Those weapons come in pretty steadily and pretty big sometimes because Satan hates Jesus Christ. He hates his creation, and he wants to do everything he can to destroy us, to destroy our testimony, and to just take us away from everything and to kill us. He wants to get rid of us, you see. He's brought weapons against us, but the promise of God says they will not prosper. You've got to keep that in mind. Now, as we said just a minute ago, we'd say, well, where do these weapons come from? Well, they're directly from the pits of hell from Satan. Now, they, they come from Satan, but they're in people many times. There's people that Satan's using, just like God uses his people. Satan is using his people to come against you with these weapons many times to destroy you, you see. And I'm not just speaking of physical weapons, guns, or things like that. I'm talking about spiritual things, things that uh, are, are harming and killing mankind. This is what I'm talking about, things that cause people to worry and fear. And, and I hear that word fear so many times to people and worry and things like that. But all it's derived from is the weapon coming against them. See, the weapons coming against you are set to, to make you fear and to overtake you. But you have to learn, first of all, where it's coming from. It's coming from Satan. And the Bible tells us in Luke 10, 19 and 20, we have authority over the spirits of evil forces. We can cast the devil out. He doesn't have authority over us. We have authority over him, you see. Now, we have to realize that they're coming from somebody that we have authority over. Now, we have to keep in mind also that they will not prosper. We have to have that set in our spirits, set that in our heart that, hey, they're Satan. Satan, I am stronger than Satan through Jesus Christ because in the name of Jesus, I have authority over him. And then you have to recognize when these things come at you, don't be fearful or discouraged. Know that bad reports come your way as a weapon. Know that uh, things that hit your body right away, or this COVID-19 is a a weapon, uh, or any other disease, anything at uh, poverty, lack, uh, businesses uh, being shut down, things like that for lack of money, all types of weapons have come against God's people that are facing a lot of these things right now. But the first thing many of them do is fear. But we have to recognize, hey, God made an antidote that these things, these weapons, they're, they're there in front of me, they're facing me, they appear like they're going to walk over me and destroy me. But he said, these things will not prosper. So in the name of Jesus, I take God's word and I apply that to my life and it cannot prosper because God says it can't. If God says it can't and won't prosper, then it won't prosper. So we, we need to do some things here that uh, God tells us to do that it will not prosper, you see. You see, God is big and strong enough to stop the weapons of Satan. He, he can destroy them, which he said that. He said that's a heritage of the saints. We're part of his family, and that's part of our family heritage. We have authority over these things. Remember, I just read that a few minutes ago, and they amplified. We're his heritage. We have heritage. We have family rights. We have rights in him. And those rights in him set us free from those that come against us by their words or their actions or whatever comes our way. But see that everything negative that's coming against you is a weapon, is a weapon. And recognize something else. You know, what Satan means for evil, God can turn around for good, which he does. So when you're attacked by evil, 
you need to take the authority over that thing, but you need to learn from that and just say, Lord, just turn this thing around for good. Because you can uh, blacken the devil's eye with that real quick, what he meant for evil to destroy you and really to mess you up. Uh, you can use that against him, make him sorry he ever dealt with you like that, you see. So you and I must come to that place that we we believe that. And then, like Abraham, now I'm going to read a couple more scriptures here. Uh, Romans 4.20, Romans 4.21. <clears throat> he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that he had promised, he was able, what he had promised he was able to perform. Abraham, this is speaking about. Now, he didn't stagger at the promise of God. In other words, when God promises people things, a lot of times they will say they believe it, but then they go back and forth, back and forth. I believe it. Oh, I don't believe it. I believe it. I don't believe it. They become fearful. But he staggered not at that thing. He remained firm. He put his foot in the ground and said, that's it. I stand upon that. And then it says he was fully persuaded. That means in his heart he was fully persuaded that God could not only do it, but he was going to do it for him. And that's the place that God wants you and me at is we deal with these things that are called weapons that come against us, you see. And see, uh, he had to believe for something. He had to use hope against hope. He was in his 90s. He and his wife, nearly 100 years old, she was barren, and yet he, she was going to have a son to him. She was going to have a son. He promised a son. Now, can you imagine a man in his 90s, a woman nearly 100 years old, both of them, and then they're promised a son, and she couldn't even have children. You see, that's a double miracle there. But he staggered not at the promise, and he used hope against hope. And, of course, by faith, he was he was justified, you see. He proved himself to God. He proved himself by God, he, to God. He didn't have a lot of examples to look at back in that day. There wasn't any Bible in that time. <clears throat> they didn't have the King James Version. That didn't come out to the 1600s. In fact, uh, they used the... Uh, the uh, scripts and things that they had back in that time there uh, to read things, and they had promises and covenants and things like that, but it wasn't like today, you see. Today we have everything given to us, and we have all these examples and testimonials of people like Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob, David, you name all of them. We have all these testimonies. See, we have, we're without excuse. We've seen the great things through our forefathers in the past, and we see them now, and we, we've seen them, and we should be seeing them in our own lives. And, and we're, we're experiencing these things, so we see the reality of it. But we have to be at the place fully persuaded, you see, being fully persuaded. So that's how it begins, really. That's how it begins. First of all, we have to believe that, hey, no weapon can be formed against me, can prosper. Weapons are going to be formed against me. That's a sure thing, you know. The enemy's going to attack you. That's a sure thing. But it cannot prosper. It will not prosper. You have to sell that, point number one. Point number two, you know where it came from. It came from the devil, and you have authority over him. You have authority over Satan. And recognize, no, you have authority over him, but you say, Father, I ask you to turn this thing around, what the devil meant for evil, turn it around for good. Turn it around for good. Just like he did for Joseph. You know, Joseph was, was put in the pit, but he went from the pit to the palace. He's the second most powerful man in Egypt. So what the devil meant for evil, really to kill David, 
it turned out to wind up in the realm that he was the second highest man in Egypt and the great things that he did when he was there for his family and for others. So you see that it, it, he blew it. The devil blew it right there because God turned that thing around for good, didn't he? Now, we recognize that, and then we need to be fully persuaded that God's promise of him saying that uh, no weapon formed against us will prosper, he's going to take care of it. Now, what we have to do, we have to recognize uh, what the problem is. What, what is it, and what's the word say about it? And then we go into the word. If, if it's healing, and I use this quite often, it's the simplest thing to use, but First uh, Peter 2.24 it says, by his stripes you were healed. So, you see, we just received what Jesus already put in the buffet for us when he died upon the cross. One of them is healing, you see. It's a big buffet, and all that buffet has is all the promises of God. But we reach out in that buffet and just take what he has done for us and just receive it. We don't ask him for it. Lord, I receive what you've done. I thank that. We may thank you for that. And we make it a part of us, you see. We receive that. So we have to... Uh, recognize that how these weapons can't prosper is because God made a promise to stop them, you see. Now, the condition we need to be in, and it's something that's not said all the time. A lot of times we just say we just believe God for this, we believe God for that, and we receive it. But we have to have a pure heart, a heart that does not have unforgiveness in it, malice in it. Uh, Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. John 9.31 says, God hears not the prayer of sinners, but he that worship him does his will. And uh, he tells us also, he says that uh, if we, our heart condemns us not, we have confidence towards God. But if our heart condemns us, we don't have confidence. So we need to have a pure heart that we can have confidence to God, but, towards God. Because he says in Hebrews 4.16 that we are to come boldly. We're to come boldly before the throne that we can obtain mercy and grace in time of need. So that's how we're to approach the throne, you know. It's promises for us. We don't have to be milly-mouthed about these things. We're to be bold because God says, hey, I've given you all these things to my son. Come to me and ask me in his name, and I will do it for you. Use that use that word, he says, you see. If we go up there milly-mouthed or, or in order like that, that's really, you might think, well, that's humility. I'm just going to up and just be milly mouth and just fall down and just uh, uh, you know just be wimpy about it but he doesn't want us he wants us to come up to him like we simply believe his word we believe him for what he told us and we receive it by faith uh, you know a good example was the centurion how he received from Jesus he said just speak the word and my servant is healed you see he, he didn't wasn't milly mouthed about it at all he just said speak the word I know my, my servant will be healed he said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house and you just speak that word. So you see, God wants us to believe him just like the centurion did. Because Jesus told the centurion, he said, I haven't found this great a faith in all of Israel. Real faith is coming up boldly and simply receiving it and thanking him for it and accepting it that it is done. Receiving it and accepting that it is done that you have it. Because the, the uh, antidote against all these weapons that come against us the thing that stops these weapons are the promises of God. That's why the promises are there, because Jesus knew what we were going to face in this lifetime. And being we're going to face things in this lifetime, we have to be able to deal with them. If we don't deal and get the victory over them, we will become the victim over them. We'll be the victim, not the or the victor, not the victim. 
And so many times people are victims of the weapons formed against them. They're attacked and they're hurt in, in a lot of different ways and destroyed and really messed up where they wouldn't have to go uh, into these type of things. They wouldn't have to endure it. But yet, many times my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And these are some of the things we're talking about tonight that, that uh, we can uh, walk in and we can have that victory in our lives because that's what it's all about. It's not just a bunch of words we talk about Sunday or hooping and hollering or hyping and things like that because these are words of life, folks. These are words to live by. They bring results. That's what it's about. It's not a Sunday hype in the service or a hype of a revival or something like that. No, no. It's something that brings forth results, and then that's where people become joyful and are excited in the things and, and people revive because it's workable, you see. It's workable in our lives. It, it's part of our lives. It's our lifestyle, you see. Now, the first thing, when you take something, uh, receive something, it says we're to bind a strong man. We're to bind a strong man, which is the devil, because you can't steal from a strong man's house until you bind him and cast him out, and then you can take it, you see. So many times we have to bind the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus and cast them out, and then we can do what we need to do. But if a strong man is there, we've got to get rid of him, right? You clean your house before you usually before you if you bought a new place or something or had a place renovated, you'd clean the house up before you put the furniture in. Well, you're cleaning the house when you take the authority over the devil and cast him out. Then you put your spiritual furniture in that house, you see. That's what you do, but you have to bind the devil and cast him out, okay? So now we see we don't have to be fearful about any weapon coming against us. can't prosper. We know where it's coming from. We know where to be fully persuaded because God will do it for me, okay? God will do it for me. That must be your attitude. He not only can do it, but he'll do it for me, you see, because he's already really done it. It's not that he's going to do it. It's been done. All you are is just receiving from the buffet of God whatever you have need of there, you see. And then you bind the works of the enemy. Now, Mark eleven twenty three, receive and declare the promises of God. Okay? Mark eleven twenty three says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now you notice something there. Three times and I say this quite a bit but to, to really make a point, three times it's speaking of say, saith, or say unto you, these these things are speaking, okay? In other words, vocally. And believing is just mentioned one time right in there. So I'm seeing Three times I believe something, or one time I believe something, and then I speak it out. So it's in the declaration of the promise. When you see the promise of the word of God and receiving it, what you do, you speak it out loud. You speak it out loud. You confess it out loud. Just like when you receive Jesus Christ, you believe in the heart unto righteousness, and, and uh, you declare your testimony. That after that. In other words, you, you believe, heart is believing unto righteousness, and you declare the word, receiving Jesus Christ as your heart and the Savior, by your mouth, don't you? But you believe it in your heart first, and then you declare it. And that's the same with the, the promises of God. It's not just being born again by believing it in your heart and then declaring it, saying to Jesus, receive him as your Lord and Savior, and that you're a sinner, ask him to forgive you and to come into your heart, take over your life. 
you say those things, you speak them out. But you do the same thing with healing. You do the same thing with finances. You do the thing, same thing with fear or anything. It's all done the same way. It's declaration of things. Because God, he spoke the world into existence. He declared it. And I, I'll tell you, I, I found that most people fall down by the way of declaring things. Uh, and I found myself before like that, and I caught myself in that and saying, hey, I believe this and everything, but have I really been saying it? I've been declaring it? Well, see, we find ourselves not doing that because the devil, many times it can play with your mind where you actually maybe don't say it and you don't realize that. But we have to be very alert about things. We have to be very alert because if we aren't, in fact, there's a scripture in 1 Peter 5, 8 that says be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, comes out of the roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. So because he's your adversary, the devil, and he comes as a roaring lion. Now, he comes as, he doesn't come a roaring lion, but as a roaring lion. So he's there to go boo to you. He's not a lion. He's, he's a little mouse trying to scare the elephant. But he comes like a big elephant right there making big noises. And if you allow those noises to scare you, which those noises, again, are the weapons that he uses when he speaks in, uh, negative things to you, negative reports, uh, fear, whatever it might be. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to this. I'm going to do that. You see, when all these negative things come at you, that's what he's speaking. He's declaring these things, you see, because he is used now as a weapon to bring you down, you see, any way he can bring you down. But you have to recognize when you take his the word of God, and, uh, well, it's just like in Second Timothy 1.7, when you're dealing with this area, when you're believing for something. He tries to bring fear upon you to really steal it away from you, right? Second Timothy 1.7 says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. And as you speak and declare that out, those things will leave you, and you will rise back up again, you see. You have to speak and continually be in that word in your thoughts and in your declaring, and you're, you're speaking vocally of those things, because that's what keeps you going. You'll find that you can be down like in a low about something and really almost feel like you have nothing left, but then as you get into that word and as you speak these things in the word, this one scripture that I quoted right there in Timothy, uh, by saying these things, there's something that just rises up inside of you. And what that is, that's the Lord. That's the Spirit of God, the truth of God. That's how it really is. And that's, and the, the sensing, I think, is peace and joy and boldness. In other words, you'll be from a Barney Fife to a Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> the next minute, you know, because that's the way it is. You know, you're, you're down like you push your hand in the pillow. The pillow is flat almost with nothing. You take your hand off, and that thing pops right back up. And that's the way we are spiritually. So you can be one minute down. Next moment, you feel like King Kong. Really, and I've had this happen to me. I know you have too. Many people have experienced that. That's because it's the Spirit of the Lord. That's the Spirit of the Lord coming upon you, but that doesn't come upon you. His Spirit doesn't come upon you unless you are wanting that, unless you are using his word, unless you are believing him, looking to him for that help, because he's there to do that. He's there to renew you, but you must continue on, you see. Don't give up when things seem really dark and it looks like you're going to lose and, and nothing's going to be working right. Be determined not to give up because you, you will win. You have to win. Or otherwise the word of God's a lie if you're doing what the word says, if you're obedient to the Lord. We know the word of God is truth, so it's a sure thing, folks. The only way we lose in this whole thing is we become weary and well-doing and then we faint. 
But he said in Galatians 6, 9, that we're not to be weary and well-doing, for he said you will reap in due season if you faint not. So we have to continue going ahead, you see. We must continue ahead. We must recognize that nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us, you see. And uh, God, to give you an example right here, in Romans 4, 17, this is, this is, this is what uh, Father God did when he, he began everything. In Romans 4, 17, it says, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. We see to make the things and call the things that be not as though they were, what happened was that was creation. There was nothing, and God spoke it into existence, didn't he? Creation. We know the, the story of creation there, the seventh day, rest of the six days of creation. Now, he spoke them into existence, didn't he? He spoke them into existence. They didn't just pop up, or he didn't just sit there and say, well, I'm going to think this, I'm going to think that. No. He spoke them into existence, and he believed it, you see, because you believe in your heart. It's not just in the words you say, but what is behind the words? Do you really mean what you're saying, or is your heart far from your words, like the Pharisees? Their heart. Their words speak of me, but their hearts far away, he said. You see, we must mean that and believe it. Know the impact of what you are saying. And then when you say those things, those words are going to go out much stronger, you see, much stronger. In other words, it's just like if you say in your word, words to somebody, say, bless you, God bless you. You are praying the greatest thing that you can do or saying the greatest thing you can say over anybody because you're asking God's blessing and touch in every area of that person's life that you're saying God bless you too. And if you have that in mind, what you're saying, if that's what you're saying to them, meaning that very thing, if you're targeting that as God bless you, God bless you, you are targeting those blessings to those people, you see. Now, when you say that to somebody, somebody says that to you, you need to receive it that way. Yes, I receive the blessing of God in my spirit, soul, and body. I receive God's blessings. I receive what he has for me, you see. We have to take thought of these words and what the meaning of those words are, according to God's word, and make them part of us. Because, you see, if we're just saying words and don't have any meaning to us, well, it won't mean anything to us, you see. Nothing can be meant, but we have to... Get the impact of those words and what we say, just like when we cast, if you cast out a devil, when you cast out a devil, you believe in the name of Jesus. He's giving you that authority. So you just cast him out. There's no doubt he has to go. He's not going to stay. He's not going to hurt you. He has to go because the power of God is there. The power of God is the one that's doing the job, not you. You're saying it, you see. But you have to believe it. You have to speak at it and say it with authority. You see, if you don't use your word knowing the meaning with authority, it won't work. The seven sons of Zebedee tried to cast the devil out, you know, and they went down the street with their clothes off, or the enemy just stripped them of their clothes when they went running down the street. Because they didn't didn't have that. They just used words that they heard. They didn't know anything about it. They just said it. And it doesn't work that way. You have to know who you are, and, and the authority is given you. You have to be fully persuaded in that. And use the word of God to become more effective, whether it's casting out devils, whether it's receiving healing, whether it's ministering to somebody else of something, expecting results. Some people pray for somebody, and they'll say, well, I'll pray for somebody, but, uh, uh, well, I sure hope they receive. Oh, Lord, I hope they receive. Then they receive, receive, 
They say, oh, my, that prayer was answered. God answered that prayer. Hey, that you shouldn't speak like that. You should be surprised if, he, if a thing doesn't happen, you see. You should expect it. In other words, when I pray for people, I don't think that way. I think, hey, I expect I expect to hear testimonies. I expect results. I do. Uh, to me, it's not a, wow, he answered that prayer. I never think that way. I thank God that I praise God for it. But I expect it to happen because that's what the Word of God says, you see. But too many people uh, take God's Word and use it like a shotgun, hunting birds with a shotgun. There, It's kind of like take a shot up there and scatter shot here or scatter shot there, and hopefully something's going to hit. No, no. Be specific and then expect it because God wants you to be specific. Because when you're specific and you see something happen, you ask him for, you spoke about, you know who did it, don't you? You know he did it, you see. And that's the way he likes it. He is a specific God. He is specific. Now, something else that we have to do uh, on there, the fifth thing, after we receive and declare the promise and everything, and uh, by the word of God, we have to stand patiently until we receive it. James 1, four says, let patience have your perfect work and you'll lack nothing. You know, I was talking to some people. Well, I, I talked to, I hear different things that people say. I minister to them, pray for them. And one person said to me how they feel. I feel this. I feel that. And first thing I tell them there is we're not going by feelings. We're going by receiving by faith. Because a lot of people merit what they receive and it worked or it didn't work by what they're feeling. Now, I know when you're not feeling good and it's rough, it's hard to stay in time. I know that. I know that. You've been there. I've been there. We know that. But you still have to have that determination in your heart that I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. God's got it. He's got it. He's got it. You have to have that mindset. That's a mindset, see. And that's a patience. That's really patience there because if you keep an attitude, I've got it. I'm not getting it, but I've got it. It hasn't manifested yet, but I have it. And the things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you what? You shall have them. Mark eleven twenty four, right? So you have that's what faith is, you see. That's what faith is. But so often people I hear so many people saying things that uh, as soon as they don't feel it or see it or whatever like that, they're shocked and surprised and talk and act like they don't have it. And it's so easy to see why most people aren't receiving uh, a lot of times when people are like that. It's very easy to see that because by their words, I know my wife is uh, continually, she ministers, she's correcting people. I'm correcting people, you know. And, and sometimes we said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing too. But after practicing, being in this, uh, you learn and what really works and it becomes second nature to you. You see, it, it, second nature, <coughs> excuse me, second nature as a Christian shouldn't be what our nature is as a, as a person of the world. In other words, to think a negative when things start to happen. We should be thinking what the Word says about it. In other words, it's almost like, to give you really an example, if somebody uh, does something against you, we're to turn the other cheek. We're not to be ready to, to do them in for it, you see. In other words, instead of retaliation and hurting them, we're to respond in love, you see. In other words, not act like the world does. You hit me and I'll hit you. No. No, that doesn't always be. There's times that it is. Now, don't get me wrong. But we have to learn to turn the other cheek and be forgiving, you see. But if we have a retaliatory spirit and attitude about us, uh, we're a fighter, you see, and that's not what God wants, you see. 
Peter was that way. Remember when he cut the the uh, soldier's ear off there when they tried to take when they took Jesus? You know, he cut that uh, soldier's ear off, but he told him no. He wouldn't to do that. You see. So you see, we have to learn these things. We have to learn it and, and walk in these things by these fruits, the fruit of the spirit. And then it will become a second nature uh, after a while. But it, it takes work on our parts and dying to the flesh. When things and challenges come our way, how we walk and what we do, you see, to take or bring our weapons against us that we fall, you see. Weapons to cause us to get angry, to get mad. Now, you can get be angry and sin not, but I'm speaking about unrighteous anger and, and violence and things like that. There can be things happening. And we're tried that way. Sometimes we miss the boat on that. You know, I've missed the boat a few times, and I believe we all have if we're honest. But the thing about it is, he has these things there for us, and if we walk in obedience in these areas in our lives, we're going to find out that no weapon formed against us will prosper. No weapon formed against us can prosper. But we have to dare to believe God in spite of what we see, what we smell, what we hear, what we feel, our past experiences what it looks like or it appears like I'm praying one way and things seem to be going the other. It seems to be getting darker and darker, all this type of thing. You see, we have to completely get away from that and just focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on Jesus. We'll be kept in perfect peace if our minds stay on him because he trusts us in him, you know. And that's what God's word tells us. We'll be kept in perfect peace for his mind is stayed on him, Isaiah 26, 3. For his mind is stayed in him, our heart, because we trust in him. Because, you know, when you see Jesus there, you have his presence, you're in his presence. Are you going to be fearful? Of course not. Are you going to be worried? No. Are you going to respond negatively? No. In his presence, you have the ability to have the mind of Christ, which we have. You have the ability to walk in love. You have the ability to use the word of God and see results. You have the ability to be in peace. You have the ability to have joy. You have the the ability to uh, just be at a a place of rest. You really do, in peace. Uh, Many people don't recognize that, but it's being in that presence is where the power is. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's being in that place. It's being in that place that all these things work. Because, see, we've we've said for so long, and this has really stuck with me about this weapon formed against me will prosper, because just that statement alone, no weapon formed against us will prosper, that's a bold statement. Now, God doesn't lie. He's not a man who should lie, and he doesn't put things to us and give us things that he knows we can't do. He knows that we can't do them, but we can do them through him, you see. He puts things there that we can't do, but we can do them through him. He doesn't put the undoable things before us. He doesn't have us do things that we can't, you see. Anything he tells you you are, have, or you can do, you can do it, you see. There isn't anything that he tells you to do that you can't. He always makes a provision for it. The finances, the strength, the power, the the uh, people, the favor, whatever it takes to get the job done. You have to recognize that. That's why we can't get overwhelmed when things come our way that uh, we just can't see any further in our nose of how it's going to get done. 
because God puts it there, you see, and that's the way he wants it. You know, that's not a comfortable place, but yet that makes you trust God. In other words, I'm trusting you for the next step, God. I'm trusting you for the next thing, God. You see, it's trusting. But you see how all these things go together. I'm speaking different areas tonight, different things, but it's that intimacy with God, that no-so thing. And See, you can't, you can't have anything. You can't do anything without a close relationship with the Lord, without you being committed to him, and he is committed to you, but you committed to him and obedient unto him and daring to do what he tells you to do. Because the greater things, the things that require more of you to do, or the greatest test, whatever you want to call it, the greatest testimony and the greatest miracle, you see, the more boldly you have to be in the things that you do, the greater the results are going to be for what you do, you see. It's little, a little you do a little, it'll be a little in return, you see. But we need to dare to simply do what he wants. Be mighty men, mighty women of God, because this is the hour that we're living now. This is going to be the greatest season. In fact, it's beginning now. And it, 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 38 years ago, God gave me three scriptures. I have to say this because this is staying with me more and more. 38 years ago in Joel 2, verse 25 and 26, speaks of restoration. Habakkuk 2, 3, he said, The vision is for a appointed hour. Wait for it, it will not tear. It will surely come to pass. I had that for 38 years. 30 years ago, a a man of God in a major ministry, he was a top man in a major ministry. I was ministering there. I was teaching. And anyhow, Right after I got done, this, this uh, eldest major minister of the major minister there, he came up to me like a little kid, and he gave me Habakkuk 1.5, Habakkuk 1.5. And uh, I'm not going to go to it. I'll just say a little bit about it. But it's simply speaking, if I had told you what lies ahead, you wouldn't even believe it, is what, what he was saying right there, to put it in a nutshell. Now, I heard a, a lady minister today. She got a prophecy on that, uh, spoke about that, and I just thought, well, that is great, but you know, God gave me that 30 years ago. 30 years I've been carrying that around, and the Lord's been making it clear to me. He's been giving me more understanding uh, for why he's given that to me, what he wants on both those things. I mean, I'm hearing these things coming out now, but, folks, I had this 30 years ago and 38 years ago, what a lot of them just getting right now. And I'm not saying that to put a feather in my cap or anything like that, but what I am saying it for is this has been a long-range plan, a plan of God. That is planned to do, and this is a sure thing, folks. We're talking about a sure thing, and it's getting greater and greater and bigger and bigger and bigger, and I know I want to be part of it, and I know you do too, the last day remnant. So, so the first thing that you and I need to really come to place and come to grips with if we expect to do anything great for God and be used mightily of him, and we all have to learn this, no weapon formed against me can prosper. Because weapons is what's formed against you as a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God. But when these things are formed against you, you can't leave them shake you up or worry you or stop you. Many times you feel like stopping. You know, I, I, I've had times that uh, I was so tired and went through it so much that I had to minister to people. I knew I had to be instant in and out of season. And you have to do it. The more it's given to you, the more it's required. So if you can be a a blessing to people. If you can help people, the more God gives you to do that with, 
the more you have to avail yourselves in spite of what you feel like or what things look like or whether you like it or not, whether it's convenient for you or not. That isn't the question. It's being on the call, you see, for when that need is there. That's why it's so important that we're instant in season, we're instant out of season, you see. We don't take monthly vacations. We don't take uh, a lot of vacations in the realm of from God. Now, I'm not talking about physical vacations. They're fine to do that. But what I'm saying is a vacation from God. You just put God aside and forget the things of God and just leave it all go. There's time we have to walk away from it for rest, but uh, not this when we feel like it, especially on our own. We need to make sure that we're walking along with what how God is leading us, you see. So, like I say tonight, my, my main thing was to first to, to get this out to you all, that no weapon formed against you can prosper, so stop worrying. Don't let it scare you. What's come your way, what you've experienced, know that God has got it. You're an overcomer of it. And then you, you uh, recognize it came from Satan. And then be fully persuaded that, hey, God's word's true. He's taking care of it for me because I'm going to what his word says about this thing that attacked me, and I am going to claim that word. I'm going to bind Satan right now. He has no authority to bring this thing on me. If I'm binding him and casting him out, and I'm receiving this word, and I'm fully persuaded that God's got it and I got it, I'm not worrying about it anymore. And then you receive and declare, speak that promise out. Just declare that promise and thank God for it. Know it's a done deal because you're speaking of things that aren't as though they were and they will become. And then you maintain patience in that. You stand in that and you don't become weak. Because like we read about Abraham there, he said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So that means he, he means that he remained strong and firm. And like an oak tree, he stood firm. He didn't move an inch no matter what he felt or what he saw. He staggered not at it. Because he was fully persuaded, hey, this thing is coming to pass, so I'm not moved by what I'm seeing here. It's not looking like this or this isn't right. He wasn't moved by it because he was expecting God, you see. And that's how you and I need to be about that because this is a character. You know, uh, this just came to me right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. You know, we talk of the manifestations of a mighty warrior, man or woman of God. But, you know, that has to have this as the foundation, what I'm talking about. Your character, your believing, what you're standing for, what's going to come against you and what you have to deal with, if you don't have this character or foundation, you might be able to throw some pretty good punches, but you're going to have to be able to take things to come at you and deal with them, you see. It's like a fighter. He might be good with his fists fast and be able to hit, but if he has a glass jaw, he's not going to make it, you see. And that's the way in ministry or service to God. This is a remnant army. This is a remnant warrior's foundation. This is what they have to have. This is a training. This is a training you must have. You must be at this place in order to be used because attacks have come against you. So this is the way God wants us, you see. But uh, the key of this whole thing, uh, just like God told me very simply, and then I just speak some things on it, is no weapon formed against me will prosper. It can't prosper. It can't prosper. Get that into your spirit. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Speak that out. Declare that. No weapon formed against me will prosper in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
speak and declare his promise out. Speak his word out. Because when you do that, that's what fends off the forces of demonic activity. That that gets them out because they don't want to be around somebody saying that kind of stuff, do they? When you're starting to use the word of God and power and might and stand those things and claiming those things, they say, uh-oh, we got a strong one here. We're going to mess with him. We can't, we're not going to take him down. We're going to try to hit him from some other area. But that's why we put the full armor on because this way, if we have the full armor on, we're going to see the, the little escapade that the enemy tries to bring our way. We're going to be wise, like the word says right there, be wise to the things that he does and be able to deal with them, you see. That's why we have to be, uh, we have to recognize we're in an army, folks, and especially in these last days because there isn't much time left. And I tell you, uh, there's going to be some real things happening. I'm not going to get into any detail, but there's going to be some real things happening very, very shortly because the lid is about ready to explode. The volcano is about ready to erupt. It really is, folks. And when that volcano erupts, you better be standing with Jesus. You see, he's the only one to protect you. We have to be in Jesus because I'm telling you, if you don't have Jesus, you do have a lot to be concerned about. You know, we're not to worry, and man doesn't worry if he's in Christ because it's a sin to worry. It's a sin. Fear is a sin to fear. It really is because it's showing disbelief of God. The fearful go to hell. Do you know that? Revelation speaks that. The fearful, that's the one that's like the uh, one, you know, that they were given the uh, talents and the one hit him and he was uh, afraid. He said, oh, you were a hard uh, master. I was afraid. I didn't do it. He saw what happened to him. <coughs> Excuse me. So we can't be fearful. We have to be believing our Lord and his word, you say. So when we do that, you're going to see your life will change. Our lives change <clears throat> when we take this on. When we put on this mantle and we stand like this and we speak a word like this and we believe it. We act upon the word this way. We see results in our personal lives, our ministries, and it gets better and better. We're challenged, folks, but we're much stronger. You know, I have times in my life that I'm hitting, I become weak and tired and disgusted sometimes and, and things like that. I mean, this happens. But I, it, it doesn't really stick with me because I have that inside so strong that it can't last. It just throws it right out, these things. And there is a lot of darkness. I'm sensing in my spirit a lot of darkness today. I'm sure many of you are because of the season we're in, the time that we're in. But, hey, we're bigger than that. We're greater than that. Amen? And you have to start seeing that season greater to that's in me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. We have to recognize that I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. In other words, I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable. If I believe it and I walk in it by faith, I dare to step in and not just say, well, I'm waiting for to feel something or, or a little goosebumps on me, then I'll believe it and I'll do it. No. You start doing it at what the word says. You're like the centurion there. He said, just speak the word, and my servant's healed, Now I'm going home. I read the word. I claim it. Hey, let's start doing it now. Don't wait till I have some uh, uh, little goose bump on me or something like that happening. Too many people have to have a lot of uh, things like that happen, but God doesn't want that. He wants you to take him at his word, doesn't he? And a lot of Christians are like that. They have to have signs from heaven. They have to have this and that, you know. No, you shouldn't. The word should be enough, and that's, that's what he's trained me at over the years. That's what he's trained me at, and I know other people he's trained like that, what the word says, grounded me in that. 
And that's what he wants to do with all of us. He wants us to all to respond that way because he is the leader of our army, just like in a physical army. You have a leader, and a leader passes orders down, and everybody's to follow orders the way the director said. They were from the wax well, be from the president down, who is the commander in chief, all the way down to the buck private. And we have to learn to take those orders and be obedient. When we do that, we're obedient and take the orders. The job gets done, doesn't it? But if we're disobedient to those in authority over it and we're to do the right thing there, we won't get the job done right. It'll mess up the job, won't it? And we mess up the job for Jesus, and we don't do things and don't follow him as he directs us what and when and how to do things, you see. We don't know those things. We have to be led by God. So we have to commit ourselves. Okay, I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray now for everybody right now that will will recognize what I've I've spoken about tonight, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And what you have to do in order to be an overcomer and and to walk in that, not just saying or just making a, a, a thing you say, but have meaning behind it and really believe it. You see, it means nothing. If you're just doing some religious talk or just trying to impress somebody, well, that, that's foolishness. You have to mean what you're saying. Let, let's mean what you're saying. Now, let some emphasis in you come out with what you say, that you dare to believe it. And when you do that, you're impressing God. You're going to impress people because they're going to know it's not you. They're going to know that you mean it, that you're not a phony but you're the real deal, okay? Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, as we come before you now, I just want to thank you for the night, Father, the words that uh, that you gave me there, the words that you said, Father. I thank you for that, Father. And, I, and I, as I just talked to the people there, I just uh, speaking things from my heart, what's there, knowing that they're pleasing to you and knowing that they're going to bring results to all of us that apply those words to our lives. I would just ask you right now for those that are listening to this now at present time or, or those that will be listening to it in the future on the on-demand section, Father, I would just ask you right now to deal with their hearts. Draw them, like you said in Philippians 2.13, it's you that works in us to will and to do your own good pleasure. Do your own good pleasure in them, Father, and give them the desire to really follow you and show them. Make yourself a reality of these people to recognize that yes you are a real god and i do need to follow you lord make this a reality to them father the lost i just believe that they will come to jesus right now and i i, I declare the sick healed in the name of jesus those that are oppressed those that need deliverance i bind the forces of darkness and I bind and I reverse the curses, generational curses, family curses. I bind and I cast them off the people right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go. Gone. Gone in the name of Jesus. Gone. Gone. Yes, gone in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I... I oh, yes, they are more than conquerors. They are more than conquerors. They follow me, saith the Lord. They are more than conquerors. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes. Turn your life over to Jesus Christ now. Just turn your life over to him. You know Jesus, your Lord. If you don't know him, receive him as your Lord and Savior. Ask him into your heart to forgive you and take over your life and just take over your life. And if you know him and you need to rededicate, rededicate to him now. 
And if, no matter how dedicated you are, say, Lord, right now I rededicate myself to you. Help me to follow your word and you as you direct me, Father, to be obedient and do the thing that you want me to do. I want to fulfill my mission that was given to me by you every way. I don't want to miss one T from being crossed or one I from being dotted. I want to please you that you will say to me in that day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, help me. Help me. I pray the yes, right now I pray the prayer of Jabez. Bless me indeed, he said, first of all. Bless me indeed. I'm praying this over all of you right now. Bless me, and that's for everything. That can be a blessing, but bless me. That's for your healing, your deliverance, your prosperity, spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, uh, socially, maritally, everything. Bless. I just declare, bless me. Bless me to all of you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he said, increase my ministry and give me a greater anointing. Yes, enlarge the coast and anoint the people in a greater way that they see more results and more fruit from their ministries, Father, in a larger area, a larger area that you give to them, Father, as you increase it. And then they asked, Jabez asked, he said, put your hand upon me. And, Father, we sure need your hand upon us as we have this because we need you to direct us and to help us in everything that we do, Father. So we need your hand upon everything to guide us. Because we need your guidance because your ways and thoughts aren't ours. They're above ours, you tell us, in Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. So, Lord, we submit to your hands upon us right now. We want those hands upon us in Jesus' name. And then the last thing he asked was protect. Protect me from the forces of darkness and forces of hell. So I ask that your divine protection be upon all these people. You would just put a, a fire, a fire around them all right there of protection a fire of boldness, a fire of protection, a fire of joy, Father, of you, your fire, your holy fire upon them right now, and protection. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And, and Lord, help them that they don't sin, that they uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, because many times the enemy brings little things in that cause us to say or do things that we shouldn't do, and it, it, uh, it grieves you, Lord. I pray that Protect us that we don't do those things, that we are more pleasing to you in our walk and our, our lives and our ministries and all that we do, that we, we please you and we don't grieve you, Father. Help us in that area of protection also, just like our family's protection from health and finances and all things. Now, Father, we receive that. We thank you that you've heard all our prayers. Everybody that listened to my voice tonight, and I speak it for myself too, it's for all of us right now what I pray this is for all of us, and I receive it just like you. In Jesus' name, and Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We will only prosper in you, Lord, in all things. You come to give us life. You come to give us life more abundantly, greater, in a greater way, in a greater way. And I just release that anointing right now. By faith, I release that anointing upon all of us, upon the audience here, myself, by faith, I just speak that anointing, and we just walk in that anointing now. Just We walk in it now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, yes, we walk in it. You have it. You have it now. Consider yourself having it. Consider yourself having it now. Dare to walk in what 
you face. Dare to walk in it. Dare to apply God's word, your faith in his word, and watch God work. Watch him work. Prove God. Prove God to you. Prove God to others by obeying his word and allowing him to direct you that he can work miraculously in and through your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, that'll be everything I have for tonight, folks. And I just want to say to you a happy, prosperous, blessed New Year, because I won't be speaking anymore until naturally after the first of the year. We only have a couple days to go, but start this new year out in a a new commitment, just as we prayed and talked tonight, and a new commitment to God, and allow him just to have your life. And Because I'll tell you, this this 2021 is going to be some kind of a year beyond what we can even say or think. It really is. This this promises to be a bright year from God. Don't listen to the negative, what you hear in newscasts and things like that. Because your life is not governed by people, it's governed by God. He's your source, not man, not the government. But God is your source. He's your empowerment, and just dare to believe him. While the world might be starving, but you're going to be blessed that time because you're walking a different drumbeat. You're walking with God. You're not walking with the world. God is your source. Amen? Okay, we will see you next year. Talk to you next year. You all have a blessed New Year. God bless you all. I love you all. Good night, everybody.